So if you could be here around nine, that would be great. Okay. Well, listen here. Hello, I'm Miss H, and today Mr. O and I will be discussing episode seven of season two, Love During Lockup. On this episode, Justine does some digging into how Michael bought the car. Mark introduces his mom to another potential prison bay. Ty has a confrontation with her daughter. Jessica's daughter Bailey decides not to move with Jessica. Melissa visits Louie at his transitional facility. And Dari gets stood up by Emily again. If you like what you hear, please give us a rating. And if you watch 90 Day Fiance, check out our other podcast channel, 90 Day Moon K, Teachable Moments with Miss H and Mr. O. Thanks and enjoy. Hello, Miss H. Hello, Mr. O. How are things with you? Things are pretty good. Yep, pretty good. It's almost uh, winter break. Yeah, we talked about that closer closer to you than it is to me. Oh but. yes, that's true. But <laughs> it's like officially December, so it I is. feel like people are don't feel shamed about having their Christmas decorations up. Oh yeah, all mine are up. I have my lights up and everything. But that also means I had to scrape the ice off my car this morning. So oh god, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, speaking of cars, let's get started with uh, Justine and Michael. So Michael doesn't like snooping and gossiping, but Justine is doing some snooping, so she can prove to everyone that her car gift is legit. She goes to an auto sales place to get her car checked out. Keith, the guy at the auto sales, already seems super suspicious of this story, and he starts asking a bunch of basic questions that Justine just can't answer, like, is the car financed? Whose name is on the title? Does she have access to papers and registration? Keith then asks if Michael has a license, because in Pennsylvania, you need a driver's license to purchase a car. Keith is already confused, but they go to the car to see if there's any paperwork in the glove compartment. They can't find a registration card, which Keith says is the first thing they ask for if she were to get pulled over. Later, Keith sits her down and asks if Mike has a copy of her license, and she says he does. He then asks if the car was paid in cash, and Justine says that Mike said so, so she believes it. Keith says that the car has been titled to her, so that's very good news. Justine is extra happy that the car is legit. She's planning on coming clean about getting the car checked out to Michael because she doesn't want a marriage based on bullshit and lies. Later, Justine has a video call with Michael where she tells him about the car dealership. Michael starts to get angry and starts cussing at her, and Justine tells him not to talk to her like that. He's mad that she's questioning his integrity, and Justine immediately shifts the conversation to how he has bought cars for other women, too. Michael says she doesn't need to know everything he's ever done. They're clearly having different arguments, as Justine Mm -hmm. says she doesn't feel special that his gift wasn't original, and Michael tells her that she should get her jewelry appraised while she's at it. He eventually says she's hurt his feelings and leaves the conversation. All right. So whose argument, because there is clearly two different ones happening here, yeah. has more merit? Um, Justine's was dumb. Like, yeah. It, it was one of those things that it, it didn't come across until. I mean, it did. She kind of hinted at it last time and really leaned right. into it this time. Like, oh, this it, it, her. she's just upset the idea wasn't original enough. She's yeah. like, you've bought other people cars, so this isn't even special. It's like, right. okay, she, he still bought you a car. Like, that's... I know. I was going to say, if if someone had a history of buying other people's houses, I would still be super stoked to get a house. Yeah. That, 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 that yeah. Very, very excited. But, <laughs> yeah. it, but I mean, it, it just goes to, oh, am I just another one in a line of your, 
you know, women. But again, the special part is he married you and he didn't marry any of them before. Right. You're right. They're already married. Right. Yeah. I definitely took it as like a deflection. Right. Like she was just I mean, she even admitted she was a little scared of like Mike getting mad at her because she really doesn't like that. So it was right. like I feel like she tried to arm herself with something to like change the subject almost. And it was flimsy. So, yeah, you know. I mean, I think she was legitimately upset about it, but she chose this moment to to come out with it. But right. also, I don't know. Mike is like, oh, you question my integrity. And it's like, let's mm-hmm. back up and talk about where you're calling from right now. Like, <laughs> yeah. you don't think there's a reason to question your integrity? Like, I don't you know what I'm saying? It's like, you don't trust me. And it's like, not really. I didn't. We've never been with each other outside of prison. And the other thing, yeah. too, is like she went through all these pains to make sure basically that wasn't a hot car. Right. Right, right. It wasn't a stolen car that he said, here it is. Here you go. Which yeah. is like, to me, I would be like offended. Because like, I think he was also offended, not just like you question my integrity, but like, you think I'm that stupid? You think I'm that right. bad of a criminal that I would just give you a stolen car? Really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, like that's insulting to his uh, professionalism as a, as a criminal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Because to me, I was like, it never occurred to me that when people were talking about, you know, the suspicious places this car might have come from, that Mm -hmm. the car itself was stolen. I always thought the issue was, where did he get this money for this car? Like, Hmm, that's interesting. Where did he get? Where did this person who has been in jail for years and doesn't have a job? Where did this money to buy pay cash money for a Mercedes SUV? Where did that come from? That to me is more suspicious than thinking than anything else. Right, right. And I think even when the family was like kind of questioning him, they never said like, is this car stolen? They asked, how did you pay for it? Yes, right. Where did this money come from? And yeah, you're right. I don't think going to visit Keith is really going to answer those kinds of questions. I mean, Keith tried to get like, well, was it financed or not? And, you know. I guess if it's paid in cash, like that's how her name is on the title. But it's like, yeah, but where did that cash come from? Yes. Right. And and who I mean, and the, the little questions like Keith seems to have. Well, who actually purchased this car? Because it wasn't it wasn't Michael. Right. right? Mike did not. Because You need a driver's license. And even driver's license, you need to be not be in jail. Somebody walked onto that car lot <laughs> right. and gave the car dealer cash like it wasn't. Yeah. Michael. Yeah, that's the other weird part to me. It seems like a photocopy wouldn't be like a legit thing. Like if I just showed up with someone else's, you know, copy of their ID. Well, maybe if their name was on the title. Yeah. If I decided, oh, this copy, this person's name is on the title. Yeah. I mean, they're they're not going to stop you from like there's no way to rip somebody off by titling a paid off car in their name. Right. If it was financed. No, they can't. You can't put her name on a finance car with a lien on it. But <laughs> yeah. if you pay off the car, you can, I mean, you could have it and have it. And I mean, I don't know if you've ever gotten rid of a car. You literally just turn the title over and right. sign it and say, here you go. It's your title. Yeah. Like and they, they could have done that like immediately, you know, if it's, even yeah. if they said, oh, we have to, we have to sell the car to you. We can't sell it to her. It'd been like, okay. And then turn it over and be like, just take it to the, the DMV or what we call it the MBA. Right. And, you know, turn the title over to her. And th- that's not a big deal. Now, the registration, that's always like things like that. Like the registration, who paid that bill? How does yeah. it have her address on it? Like I've registered cars before. It's not that. E- what about the insurance? 
How, right. Who's paying the insurance on this car? How is that getting yeah, paid? Those are all legit <laughs> like, questions. And I mean, it is kind of weird that, you know, it didn't even occur to Justine to have like something in her glove compartment. Because I mean, I feel like everybody knows it's been on enough like television, like license and registration. Exactly. Like, that's, like the yeah. <laughs> thing that gets asked, like when you get pulled over, it's like, OK, well, you got your driver's license. Where's your registration? Yeah. I mean, and those are just like the logistical things like. Yeah. You know, that's the that's the thing you'd have to ask Michael. And it's one of those things like that's not a ridiculous, like accusatory question. Like, oh right. how is the insurance working? Like, do I need to call the insurance company? Do you have that set up? Like, what's going on? Because when I last time I bought a car, they were like they would not sell me the car without them without me giving them an insurance policy number. Oh gosh. Well, let me tell you the drama that I had <laughs> when I had to buy a car after not having a car when I lived in DC for a year. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't have car insurance because I didn't have a car. And so it was like it was the biggest pain in the ass. Well, also the other pain in the ass was I was trying to buy it online essentially. Yeah. But it's like I had to get a it was like what comes first, the insurance or the car? It's like I had to pick out a car before I could actually get insurance. Yes. And then I, the same thing. I had, yep. right. And then I had a car that was like actually sold out from under me. So I had to start the process all over again. And it was just a big, right. Pain Cause you basically ass. have to have a policy for a car that you don't have right. yet because you have to have the policy to buy the car. It's a whole, yeah. so how did all this happen? Like with right. Michael in jail, like, and those are legitimate questions. If I'm Justine, I would be like, well, do I have a car insurance bill that I need to pay? <laughs> right. Because, like, we need to figure that out. Where's the registration going to get renewal going to get sent to? Like, how is that going to work? There's things that go into having a car that you can't just be like, oh, trust me, baby, that aren't like accusatory. How did you afford this car? I think right. it's, I think you stole it. Questions. Yeah. OK. Now, to Justine's part of the argument, it's like, what does she expect this man to buy her that he hasn't bought someone else? Yeah, it seems like he's pretty much but at all. I mean, short yeah. of a house, like the, the jewelry, right. uh, like cars and like, I don't know. Like, did she think if he comes up with a, a homemade, um, is he going to knit her a quilt or something? And she's oh going to be impressed with that because she's not going to be. She wants something expensive no. that he hasn't bought for other people. And right. he's been throwing her money around for 15, 20 years probably now at this point. I know. Well, if you bought like multiple cars for gifts, then it's like, yeah, where do you go from there? They're really property, I suppose. I mean, there's a reason. Yeah, it it has to be the only place up from a car is a house. Right. Yeah. I I don't think I don't think she's interested in like an RV or something. A boat, maybe a boat, maybe (laughs) a a boat ski. Yeah. Yeah. Um, All right. Uh, Let's move on to Melissa and Louie. So Melissa is once again running late. She's packing up her hotel room, including some pom poms, because she was planning on surprising Louie. Melissa tells us that she hasn't felt very happy since she first saw Louie, and she's seeking reassurance that she just isn't getting. She rolls up to Louie's transitional facility, and it's surrounded by a large fence with barbed wire. Melissa is taken aback about how serious this place seems. Melissa is determined to get answers like, is he going to move back to Jersey? And is he messing around with his yoga instructor? Melissa then tells us about her visit. When she started confronting Louie about everything, he got defensive and visibly annoyed. Melissa tells him about taking the yoga class, and he asks why she did that, because Rutu called him to complain to him about her showing up, and Melissa feels like he's taking her side. Louis says he's feeling harassed and pressured by Melissa. 
Louis was unable to give Melissa a time frame for how long she would have to wait for him, and he just assumed she would wait forever. Melissa says she'll just have to wait and see what happens when he gets out, kind of implying that maybe she will wait around forever. All right. So, I mean, there was a lot to kind of unpack in terms of information, even though the actual scenes were really short because right. it looks like there aren't cameras that are allowed in the facilities. Right. But I guess let's start off with like Rutu calling Louie to tell him that Melissa showed up. Like, I don't know. To me, that kind of makes it seem like there's more to their relationship, because why would you call and complain that someone's girlfriend like showed up at your yoga class? I wouldn't call and complain that somebody's girlfriend was just took my yoga class. Yeah. I would call and complain that it was like, your girlfriend accused me of sleeping with you? Um, because she basically did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, And I'll be like, um, just want to let you know your girlfriend is after me. Like, that's... Oh, that, that that's something I might want to tell somebody like like, yes, if I would definitely I'm trying to think of a situation putting it the other way, like in, 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 in terms of my life. Right. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it would it would be like if somebody. Right. I would want it to be a. Yeah. I want to be like, yeah, I just if somebody if somebody I was friends with or not even close friends with. Right. Mm-hmm. Somebody I was involved with that came up to me. I'm so and so's boyfriend. And I, I want to make sure you're not messing around with them. I yeah. would think I would want to tell that person. Like, I, I, like, I don't know how close they would have to be for me to. But I would want to be like, just a heads up. Um, please keep your crazy girlfriend away from me. Like, <laughs> uh, might be, might have been the subject of the call. You know? Yeah. I don't know. I'm a little suspicious of this whole thing because you know I just feel like if Rutu really didn't have much of a relationship with him. I just don't know if she would like go out of her way to call him and let him know that that happened. I just I don't think I would, you know, if someone like just like, oh, I thought you knew this person. If I was good friends with them, then sure, I would, you know, be like, oh, hey, just to let you know. But if it was someone who was more of an acquaintance, I don't know if I'd go out of my way to do that. Yeah, I mean, it depends. If they said, hey, I'm Louis' girlfriend and I just he said a lot about you and I wanted to see what your class was like. Yeah. And she'd be like, oh, yeah, that wouldn't that. That if she called over that, mm-hmm. it was the rest of the conversation where she's like, well, I just wanted to make sure because I was I, I, I just suspicious that he's like, you know, into you and that there's there's something going on. And I'm like, that's the part where I'm like, well, she didn't explicitly say that. She was just like, oh, you're pretty. I didn't know there were any other women at the prison. No, no. She explicitly said, I think he might be trying to bang you. Oh, God. And because I remember her saying that because I, I would I was just like to because I, I said it out loud when she said uh-huh. that. I was like, I don't know what to say to that. And then Rutu literally said, I don't know what to say to that. <laughs> right? yeah. And that's, that's the part where I'm like, yeah, your girlfriend thinks you're trying to bang me. And like and to the point where when she just randomly showed up at my class that I, I could see her. I could see, based on the way I interpreted that scene, Rutu being scared that Melissa was going to do something crazy. Yeah. And if you're scared that somebody's going to do something crazy, that's that's when you make the phone call. Right. So, I don't know. Louis, I, um, like Melissa said, Louis got defensive. And I believe her just based on the phone conversation we heard, you know, right after she, you know, asked mm-hmm. him about, you know, who Rutu was, at, you know, when she found out because Louis's mom told her. He was super, super defensive. It's like, I I don't know. I just feel like if he kind of did his part to be a little bit more like patient 
and reassuring that she might not have spiraled as badly as she had. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I do agree with that. I mean, he's just he he doesn't he doesn't kind of get the relationship part of like know that people get to know things about you right Mm -hmm. and i think he's been so secretive to so many people so he's like i just don't like talking about myself i don't like you're asking me questions about me and this i don't this you shouldn't be doing that that's none of your business um and he just goes into that whether right or wrong i just think he's been doing that for so many years to hide up his addiction to hide up his crime to hide everything that that's just his default state now is the less people know the better and, and if she yeah. wants to know anything, I'm very uncomfortable with her trying to know anything. Because as soon as they start digging, that's when they, people find things. And like, so, I mean, that's his issue, though, right? That's Because yeah. it isn't ridiculous if you're a, if you liked something and you were doing something so much that you were so into, you were considering doing it professionally mm-hmm. and your partner doesn't even know that you do it. That is that's suspicious. Crazy. Oh, that's very suspicious. suspicious. <laughs> yeah. The other thing that I kind of just feel like just makes this guy probably not the best guy for her and many others is he has this he just comes off like just the way she talks about him, the way that she talks about this conversation that they had. That it just seems like, yeah, whatever, wait around for me. Like, I have other options if this doesn't work out, you know? And oh, he just yeah. is he's, like, he's super not invested in this working out. Right. He's like, if, if you're there, great. great. If not, eh, whatever. Yeah, I don't know how long it's going to take. Like, he's not trying to make her any promises. No, which is, I mean, which is good. He's not trying to lie to her, but right. I definitely think he's meh about the whole relationship and he's like yeah if i have a time i'm ready to go to new jersey she's still there and wants to hang out with me cool like if not yeah whatever no big loss for me like i don't i just he doesn't seem that and and it so if you're not that into that relationship and that's Mm -hmm. kind of the place you are yeah it is super weird when somebody's trying to dig into which friends i know and and try to find things i'm like what are you even doing this is not serious uh yeah, but honestly, I feel like he should just, like, let her go then if he's really just not. Because, I mean, he's got to see it. She definitely comes off to us as incredibly obsessive. Like, yes, you don't want to be leading someone like that on because no, it's like, you would think yeah, not. no, I mean, they this are just a stage five like, clinger. Like, this is yeah. bad for everybody and it's involved. Not, if he's just trying to keep her around as... As you know, just if you're trying to keep her around as an option, like in a, to for to hook up or booty calls and stuff, this is not the person to do that with. No, like it really. No, isn't. she's gonna be like, we slept together one time, and she's gonna be like, we're life partners. I need you to be able to that. I was like, oh no, this is this is not a one night stand kind of girl. I don't think. No, no, at least not in not in this situation, right? right. This right. person she's been obsessed with for like twenty years. Yes, and I don't. I don't know if he fully gets that. Like, I wonder if he really gets how much she's still obsessed about the high school thing. Like, right. so much that she brought the pom-poms. Like, and that's where it's like, what does she think the situation is? She was like, because clearly she was going to do the dress up like a cheerleader thing, right? right but like, right. where was she planning on doing that? Like, what was yeah. her plan as much as it was just she got off with the idea of like doing the cheerleader thing and she was just didn't think past that, you know? Yeah. I think maybe she was thinking it would be like uh, the job site, like drive by where she would be able to like, 
he would be able to look out a window or something and see her. But then she was like, oh, there's like a big like wire fence with barbed wire on the top. Maybe it's not one of those kinds of places for that. Yes. Well, and also a bunch of other dudes living at that house. Right. They also have windows. Like, <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. But yeah, she yeah. was probably I mean, like a just me, in case. To me, it was definitely a situation like. It's kind of like when you when you go and see someone at the hospital, right? Mm-hmm. It's like you know they're in the hospital and you know what a hospital is, but mm-hmm. sometimes you see them and you're like, "Oh yeah, this is worse than I, this is like the, right. it's more visceral, the reality. right? The reality, yeah. the visceral reality mm-hmm. of it." And I think that really hit her with the barbed wire and the um the 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 sign that said, you know, something about enter at your own risk. Oh which, yeah, we're, we're not which, responsible for injury or death. Which to be fair, it says that on the <laughs> roller coasters at Six Flags too, but <laughs> sure. they're pretty safe. All right, so let's go ahead and move on to let's go to Ty and no longer Hottie. She was it was just Ty oh this gosh. time. So we got that familiar ringtone hitting again. So now it's time for Ty and she's taking she's talking now to Marquise. Uh, he's listed as boyfriend number three right now. Uh, yeah. And then my question was. Is I mean, I feel like they should have some kind of cheat sheet roster or something. Is Hottie still number one or is and everybody moved up? Yeah, I thought Hottie has been removed. My impression was Hottie was removed and everybody else moved up a slot. OK, so BB is number one now. So I imagine and then who's number, number two? We don't I haven't seen number who's number That's two. What I'm That's, saying we need a cheat sheet. Wasn't that Austin Powers? Here. Didn't we have that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but. Anyway, so we have boyfriend number three is Marquise. We know that mm. one. We got three and four today. Yeah. So she said that he's been around for a few weeks, but, um, you know, even when she was still engaged to Hottie. So she says that he's a bad boy, but really sweet to her. So, you know, he's kind of moving up the charts. So he's number he's number three with a bullet. So she says she has to keep her options open if she's going to be able to find a husband before she's 40, which is the opposite of how it works. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So she comes home to her daughter, Delaney, and she's telling her that she's going to the graveyard so she can get spiritual guidance from the dead people to find a husband. Oh, God. Which is weird because Delaney at this point thought she was still engaged to Hottie. So she's like, I thought you were engaged to somebody. What? Um, And Delaney's what? She was like 11 or 12? 13, I think. 13. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, but Ty says, nope, he's out. He's a liar. We don't mention his name anymore. So then... Delaney is also confused because Ty is like a bag full of baby bottles. And oh she's like, what What are you doing with the baby bottles, mom? And she's like, well, you know, I have to manifest getting pregnant somehow. And that oh baby God. bottles is, is, is the solution to that. She's going to the secret her way into having a baby, it sounds like. So anyway, Delaney seems like she's getting old enough to realize that her mom is nuts. Yeah. Um, and also old enough that she's a teenager who's going to like not just know that she's nuts, but tell her that she's nuts. Oh my <laughs> so God. she calls her mom delusional and she has a big problem with her talking to a thousand different inmates. She's like, all of my friends just have parents and step parents, mom. This is weird. You have a thousand inmates that you're talking to. So Ty does not like what she's hearing and doesn't like her daughter's attitude and tells her to have some respect. And then she tries to take her phone, so the kid gets up and just knocks a bowl of Cheerios all over the floor. Oh, God. Um, then she tries to – then she and, then, and she goes to her room, and Ty follows her, t- takes the phone, and tells Delaney she's barking up the wrong tree. And Delaney just wants her to date a normal person. And then it does – Ty does seem like 
she feels bad about it. I mean, not bad enough to actually change anything she's doing, but feels bad. <laughs> but again, not that bad because the next thing we see is her talking to boyfriend number four. His name's Carrington. And they're on the phone talking about how, you know, he wants kids. So this good sounds good for her because this is her quotes. Her eggs are burning up and she just wants an inmate to knock her uterus out. Oh, God. So no. perhaps she needs to go back to fifth grade sex ed class to learn how things work. Okay. If your uterus is out, that's universally bad. <laughs> Not good. <laughs> so she has a plan that she says she has a plan to get pregnant. Is really cryptic about it, saying it involves vending machines, a big dress, and no panties in the prison. So I think there's some sort of fluid exchange turkey baster thing going on oh, that she's God. pulling off in secret. Um, so... I mean, questions about that. I mean, besides questions of the logistics of how this vending, how the vending, I don't know how the vending machine comes into it. Do you know how the I vending machine comes into it? I think maybe you pretend you're getting something out of the vending machine and you bend over with your big panties on. I don't know. So you think there's not a fluid exchange. They're actually doing it in prison and right. pretending to do it at the vending I machine. Mean, Andrea and Lamar, they ended up getting pregnant in a prison. That's a true. They were, in a, they were in a room closet. Yeah. Yeah. It's not impossible. Yeah. So it's just, I mean, so yeah, what is the order? What is the plan here? And why does she seem to think, of, unlike everyone, I feel like everyone else in their late 30s is like, I need to get pregnant when I'm 40. That means I have to f narrow down and find the one guy now. Right. She's the opposite. Why does she think that's going to work? Well, I'm confused because I feel like we haven't even heard this baby plan before. And if she really has enough baby fever to be manifesting by having random ass like baby items like in her bag there to take it with her for her spiritual guidance. Like this is all very weird that it's just coming up now. But you know what? It really occurs to me. Why does she want to have a baby? Mm -hmm. The daughter she already has. She didn't even seem to spend that much time. Time we, with her. We've barely even seen her. Right. Yeah. Well, Delaney even said, like, on this episode, like, I wish my mom would spend more time with me. But instead, she spends all her time invested in these prisoners. And I would like to have more time because I think that, you know, that's a better use of her time rather than having this rotating cast of characters that it's like you're spending time with them, but they're going to be gone like a couple months. So it just seems to me that Delaney is really like cry for attention that she's not getting and ty wants to have another kid and you know so it's like but why you don't I even mean, want to give the kid you have attention yeah it, when you're not giving the kid you have attention and it just like because it's one thing it's always a little bit of you know giving a new baby with the other siblings sometimes they're excited sometimes like wait what you, we're not good enough you need another mm -hmm. one right yeah but this one was explicitly she almost explicitly told her like right it's like do you know you're talking to a daughter that you already have yeah when you're like my this is my last chance to be a mother and she's like you are a mother like what the of to me you're a mother to me like i can't right. the way she talks to her daughter and just ignores the reality that her daughter even exists and counts as a, as her daughter, mm -hmm, like, mm -hmm. is just so incredibly hurtful. That kid, that poor kid. Yeah. Like, 
And then she acts out in the exact same way that Ty acts out by, like, knocking shit over, like, throwing things. You know, so she knocks over a bowl. It's like, yep, that doesn't surprise me at all. That's exactly how Ty reacted, like, threw over a table, like, just in this last episode. She threw over a table. She knocks over lamps. Yeah, she's just every every time she gets upset, something's getting thrown or knocked over. Yeah. yeah, I don't know where she gets that behavior. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah, it's it's. It was really hard for me to watch this episode because it's just like I felt so bad for this kid. It just really made me feel like Ty is a terrible mother. At least what is displayed on this show, like in this episode, it's like, wow, your poor child is asking for more of your time. And, you know, and then she talks about like talking to these prisoners as like an addiction. Like, I, 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 how could I stop doing that? This is how I've always spent my time. It's like, how did you even get into that in the first place? Right. And it's just, it, it, yeah. And the daughter's just like, just try it. And the daughter's, she's right. Delaney's mm-hmm. right. Is, is this working for you, mom? Are you right. happy? With, and she says, oh, I'm happy. And it's like, are you happy? Because yeah. we've only seen you in the past three episodes knocking shit over all the time. Right. right? Like, and that, that that's all we see. And yeah. So I find it very, very hard to think that she's happy. And we've seen her under hypnosis have freaking out at the thought of right. picking someone like it, it, she doesn't seem like a happy person. So it seems no. like she's saying she's happy. She's just lying to herself. And yeah. like, yeah, and just like she's like, oh, I don't know what else to do. And it's like everybody else doesn't do this. You have mm-hmm. to like, like, I don't know if it's a friend or somebody to talk to to get steer you away. Just like meet a person and we saw didn't we see her last season go on a date with some, an actual yeah. physical date with someone yeah and she was and just he like was, yeah he was a nice looking guy seemed to have his shit together she uh she got set up by a friend i believe right and you know it just seemed like there is nothing wrong with this man even she was just like eh, it was all right well, she was like the whole time. She all all she could think was like, "Well, right. I, gotta get, I gotta get back to my guys. Where's my phone? Where's my phone? Where's my? Yeah, uh, somebody's gonna call me. I gotta get I gotta get those messages back." Yeah. And so it's the she wasn't holding on to that guy. He was suspicious of her from like the get because it yeah. was like she was trying to text and make up these stories. And we've also seen she is like a very like compulsive liar brazen brazen right. liar oh my house caught on fire like, right your house caught on fire yeah i was cooking some ramen give me a second <laughs> the smoke alarms are going off i know you don't hear them right now because you know i got those special ones where it's like you got to be in the vicinity to hear it's like all right you're crazy yeah, it, it, yeah. and it's just it, i don't even know i don't know i i, I don't know like I gotta think the inmates like this. This inmate number four is it? You really, really? This is the one that you think that impregnating this woman is gonna is gonna be the way to go? Like you think that's gonna go, go forward well? Like I mean, he granted he doesn't know how many men she's talking to, but it just is like, mm-hmm. like I don't know. I just don't know how people don't go. If I was if if I was in prison and someone was just like, I want to come into the prison and I have a plan for you to get me pregnant while I'm there, I'd be like, I'm out. I'm out. This is this is oh, <laughs> whatever. I don't We've know what kind of, of crazy you are. And I don't know how this is going to go, but this is not going to lead to any good things. I'm out. Yeah, we've had a couple of those this season. It seems to me if you're that desperate to get pregnant, I mean, there are legit sperm donations. Yeah, yeah. like you, you can manage that, like without having to sneak into a, it. It's I don't know. It's weird. It, mm-hmm. It's just I don't get it. 
Yeah. Well, speaking of sperm donations and weird, let's we uh, move on to Mark and Cincerae, but not really Cincerae because Cincerae like gave him the boot. Uh, Mark's mom, Lydia, is still visiting and cooking some breakfast. He makes some comment about how he only sleeps in boxers and his mom tries to change the subject immediately. Mark goes in the other room to call another one of his inmates and immediately calls her by the wrong name. Mark tries to introduce this new girl, Lexi, to his mom, and Lydia is being polite, but it's clear that she starts off very uncomfortable. Mark sees potential with Alexis simply because she's getting out next year. Lydia makes some small talk with Lexi, and Mark is trying to prove to his mom that inmates can be sweet. Alexis tells Lydia that Mark is a positive influence on her. Lydia says that Mark is impulsive and just says what he thinks. Lydia thinks that Mark should focus on his careers and investments and thinks that focusing on inmates just makes him look like a weirdo. I love his mom. I'm just like, yes, <laughs> yeah. this is, she's thinking what everybody else is thinking or exactly. saying. Mark is continuing his conversation with Lexi and his mom is in the same room when he decides to ask Lexi if she's into girls as well. Lexi says she prefers men, and Lydia just cannot believe that this is where the conversation is going. As soon as Mark hangs up, Lydia calls out Mark's inappropriate phone topics. Mark gets all, you know, fumbly and says that's just where the conversation ended up. And Lydia tells him that it just seems like he's spiraling, and it may seem like a game to him, but it involves other people's feelings. All right, so Lydia seems like a a very practical logical woman who is trying to be a good mom guide her son into the right direction giving him very sound advice how in the world did mark end up with you know uh, the way he is with a mom like this i don't know i i feel like i've taught lots of siblings and i'll put it this way i've taught Mm -hmm. a lot of siblings where one is just like a straight a Mm 4.0 kind of student and the other one like gets expelled their sophomore year right oh, and i'm just like how did that you grow up in the same house with the same right. parents i don't understand that how that happened yeah and so to me it's like parenting is a lot but it, it it's not everything right yeah and just i feel like that kind of happened i feel like we have mark as the you know successful in a lot of ways if we take him at least somewhat at his word mm-hmm. but in other ways just like i i this is not the first time she's had these conversations with him. I feel like this is like, Mark, I've been telling you this for how old are you? 37? All right. Whatever he is. Whatever, however he is, starting when he was probably 14. Like, Mark, you're being a creep. Stop being a creep. Right. You're being a creep. <laughs> you're being do a not, weirdo. Do not drive the first conversation you have with the woman into whether or not she's going to have a three-way with you. Don't do that. Like, Yeah. My <laughs> don't, goodness. That's a bad idea. <laughs> Right. And it, and, but the thing too, though, is like, I understand what you're saying because I think I've seen that too, where it's like the siblings are like not exactly the same. But it's like, but Mark seems to really respect his mom mm-hmm. and like really care what she thinks. And I don't understand how a personality like that veers so far off course. Yeah. I, 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 and I don't know about parents wise, but I've definitely had uh, another thing I've had students, I've definitely had students that just got straight like F's on everything Mm -hmm. and they were just always in the hall always you know doing drugs and stuff like that and when they finally like drop out or do whatever they want they're like they have you know they have to come get my signature Mm -hmm. and I'm always just like good luck in the future and they're like I'm like a lie man I respect you a lot you're a good teacher 
You're I like, oh, you didn't it. treat me like that. No, okay. And, and he, they, they used, I mean, you, but yeah, but they're like, they're like, they're just like, that was all on me, man. Like, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> you tried your best. You did what you could. I respect it. But, and so it, there's a, there's a difference between respect and, and I do, do think he respects his mom, but he just, yeah. he can't listen to her. Like, and that, that's what it comes down to. There's a difference between, I do value what she has to say. I just don't feel like following it. Yeah. This is where he kind of stands. He's just like a dumbass. Like, uh, I'm with Sinceray. How are you getting anything? This is why you are like this. Yeah. Oh, no. I don't. But that's what that's what it is. He just comes down to. All right. Well, let me let me think about how to slightly tweak my game. He thinks of it. And the mom said that, too. He thinks of it like a game. Yeah. Right. No, oh, absolutely. I lost that round. All right. Next time I got to try to aim, aim a little bit to the left, maybe right. let go a little bit later and then I'll hit the bullseye. Right. And that that's what he's doing. He's not just he's what he just is not. And I would. OK, let me back up because I was going to say he's not being himself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're like, no, I think he is that weird. But that's part of it. Is, that's, I think he knows that he's that weird mm-hmm. and he knows that being himself is certainly not going to work. Right. No. That's not winning anyone over. It's right? not going to win anyone over. But I mean, I think part of it is deciding what he really wants, right? And I don't he when you're playing a game, I think he is saying to us and maybe trying to convince himself that he's looking for something long term, but every time we hear him talk to a woman, he just sounds like a horny weirdo. Yeah, you know, I think there may be a possibility of this kind of weird theory I'm going to throw out there. It's like almost like he knows he's being weird, right? He has to know he's being weird. And it's almost like if you are presenting yourself as this kind of this weird person, it's like if you get rejected, you're like, oh, yeah, well, that was just the persona I was playing. And so then it's like not really on you. Oh, sure. It's like, oh, you know, like. Oh, if they had known the real me, then they would have, you know. Well, that's a little bit like we talked about Emily doing, right? Mm-hmm. Putting on this persona of being the bad, this bad bitch that's going to f- piss everybody off. And that way, when you piss everybody off, you can just say, well, that was my bad bitch persona that I'm putting out there. Right. Like, it yeah. it's, a, it's, a, it's a shielding mechanism, right? Maybe mm-hmm. his yeah, shielding mechanism. They reject him. They're rejecting the him that was being weird. Yeah, like intentionally, oh like not rejecting the real him. They're rejecting this version of him that he was trying to put out there. Right, right. But I mean, just, he just doesn't sound genuine in anything he, he ever doesn't. says. He doesn't. No. And, and that's why I, I feel like his mom sees through that. And she's like, you're just playing a game. Like, this mm-hmm. isn't a game. Yes. There's not a game to that. Right. Right. And, but even when he talks to us, he was like, you know, I was really hoping things were working well with Sensorae. And like, it sounds so rehearsed. Oh, it totally like in the does. Interviews, he sounds more rehearsed than anybody else in the interviews. No, he absolutely does. And I don't believe him, quite honestly, because no, I mean, not. there's definitely discrepancies on what he says. Like, I really like saw this going somewhere. It's like, well, then why weren't you exclusive with her? You right. know, like. She she wanted to be exclusive. You clearly didn't. And, you know, it's like, did you really think that this was going somewhere? Like, I don't know if you did because you weren't willing to, like, go all in on it. You weren't doing any of the actions that people who see something going somewhere. take. Right. (laughs) Right? Yeah, exactly. Um, Yeah, it's just he's just weird. And the mom, this was a good this was a very good segment for. Me like saying something to the TV and having the mom then say the exact same thing back to me. Yeah. I was like, I'm not. Yes, I'm not crazy. I I mean, I'm watching the show, so I'm a little crazy. But right. like, you're on there. All right. So speaking of someone who, um, you know, maybe needs to hear from their, yeah, maybe not their mother, but their daughter. Let's talk about Jessica and Dustin. 
So Jessica is calling the prison to try to find out why Dustin is in, yet again, in the box. And she's not getting all that much help from Scuba Steve, oh, who is one of Dustin's bunkies. That's a Big Daddy reference, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah, um, it is. So she thinks it's probably because he was using he was using inside the prison, but she doesn't have confirmation on that. So she's relying on Scuba here to get some things like shampoo to Dustin, which is a risk for for Steve. So they have to be paying him. So she claims that even if you even if you were Mother Teresa, you'd get burned at the stake for leaving corrections to date an inmate, and they have it out for me. Blah 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 blah. So she's also trying to get to the bottom of when and how often Dustin has been using in prison because she he did admit to using meth in prison last episode, but he kind of did that. It was just one time, which <laughs> is – I've never heard an addict not say it was just one time. Okay. Um, and But Steve doesn't have much information um, for her in that arena either. So then we get to Jessica talking to her daughter, Bailey. Now, she's positive now that she wants to move to Tennessee because <sighs> – Florida has nothing left for her. But Bailey says that that means she's putting her whole life and all of her dust trust onto Dustin, who she can't even confirm is not regularly using meth. Okay. So, like, what would happen if he if he just gets out and goes right back into drugs and, you know, kind of just leaves her there? Is she, she going to stay there with him? So Jessica says, well, yeah, I guess I'm ride or die. So uh, that's probably what I do. Then Jessica kind of changes the subject slightly to start talking about the logistics of actually going through with the move and packing up the stuff. And that's when Bailey says she has some thoughts too, as in, I'm not moving to Tennessee. She's going to stay in Florida. Her plan is to stay in Florida with her dad, who sounds like he's a bit more of a hard ass than Jessica and has more like rules and curfews and things like that. Um, So she tries to say, well, I don't know if you could do that, but... Bailey says she doesn't have anybody in Tennessee. It's hard to make for me to make friends because I've been homeschooled like forever. Um, and, you know, that doesn't want to do it. So Bailey asks if that changes, you know, their decision. If, if Bailey's going to be in Florida, well, is she still going to move to Tennessee? And Jessica's response is, wow, it's going to be hard to be away from you. So I guess I'm going on this one. Uh was 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 Jessica or Ty the worst mom in this episode? I know, right? Um, yeah, I you know the whole like rules and things that she was talking about. Like Bailey's almost eighteen. I know she's not quite eighteen, so it's like I don't know. Maybe Dad will kind of loosen up a little bit when she's eighteen. I'm sure there was going to be like house rules, but yeah, yeah, you know. yeah, yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't know that it's going to be all. I don't know. I mean. I would have, I don't know, a cur- for 18-year-olds, like, a curfew seems weird, but I also don't want my, I don't want to wait up till 2 a.m. waiting for somebody right. to come home every night. Like, because that's me. That's me as a dad. Like, if mm-hmm. my kids are out, I'm not going to be able to fall asleep until they're home. Like, if they sure. live on their own, whatever, I can I can manage it. But if, like, my, you know, my kid's out, I'm going to not be able to fall asleep till they're home. And I'm going to be like, right. this is disturbing to me. I have to get up at 6. I can't be laying awake in bed waiting for you to get home until 1 o'clock in the morning. I right. can't do that. Yeah, um, I think also like for me, uh, not having kids, but like if I knew like someone was coming later, like I would kind of either get woken up by them coming in the house or, mm-hmm. you know, um, feel like, oh, is it time yet? Because I know I'm going to get woken up. So right. that would kind of keep me up. I think just the anxiety of that. So, yeah, I can. And like my parents, uh, when I was 18, you know, I even like I think I moved back for one summer like uh in between my freshman and sophomore year in college right and mm-hmm. it was like i still had house rules 
So it's like, I get that 18, I'm legally allowed to, like, I'm legally an adult, but you got house right, and the only The only ones that don't seem, that seems like not ridiculous to me is like, yeah, you can't, is it, is it curfew? That's the one that's like, ah, oh, you're 18. But if you're like, it's like, pick up your shit, like do the dishes, like right. those things. That's like, sorry, that just comes with living in a house. Like you right. do that for anybody. No right. Matter the age, like right? no house guests, no crazy parties. It's like, those are just right. house rules. That's nothing to do with your age. So. Right. Right. Yes. That's, that's yeah. Cause if you're like a house guest, I, that, that this is my house and I have to right. approve anyone who stays in it. Sure. Yeah, well, and then I also can imagine that Jessica seems like she has the kind of relationship with Bailey where it's like, they're more friends than mother daughter. Mm-hmm. So it's like she probably is way more permissive than her dad. And so when she says your dad is way more strict, well, it's like, yeah, but you're super permissive. So is he that strict yeah, or is it just might, compared to you? He is. Yeah, He might just be the regular amount of strict and she's right. the she's trying to be the cool mom. Right. 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 So, yeah, I just think this whole idea is so just not good. And quite honestly, I would kind of think it was just for TV. If she didn't have that crazy ass tattoo that I keep bringing up every podcast, we only saw it that one episode. But it's just like someone doesn't just go and do that for to just be a joke to them, you know, or just do it for like to be on right. TV. Well, I mean, if, even if she does it just to be on TV, she is actually and maybe, you know, she had other reasons for buying getting moving to Tennessee and she's mm-hmm. pretending it's only for him. But. Like it does seem, if we take it at face value, to put this much stock in someone who has provided zero evidence yeah. that he can be there for you or right. intends on being, or uh, intends, you know, words. He's certainly given her words, right? Mm-hmm. But what evidence has has he given her? Yeah, well, I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Neither of us know. And she like, and again, it's a big thing to miss up. Like, yes, it's a big thing. To, it's a one big thing to mess up that, you know, your partner is really in, so much into yoga that he wants to be a yoga instructor like Melissa and Louie. It's yeah. another one to miss up that he does so many drugs in prison that they keep throwing him in the box. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, um, I think she just should just assume that everyone's going to lie to her about his drug use. Like, yes. ask Scuba Steve and like he yeah. kind of played it off like, oh, I don't no I you know I didn't think he was using blah blah and she even says like he was acting kind of funny it's like oh yeah I've noticed he's been acting funny yeah probably because he's high yeah like no you're, his friends are all going to cover for him yeah yeah whether you're paying them or not, he's gonna, they're going to cover for him. Yeah, but that was kind of interesting because we only really heard kind of in passing with her conversation with Scuba Steve that she thought he was acting funny during their visit. Mm, yeah, that's true. When the visit. Well, and then she said they got cut off. They got yes. cut short. So I wonder right. if the guards were like, that dude's high. Right. Get him out. Like, we're yeah. done. You know? Yeah. So it's just like, wow, that should tell you something. Like, you should probably invest in some, like, uh, laser removal and maybe not move to Tennessee. Yeah. And if you do, invest in a very, very nice uh, safe <laughs> that he can't move. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. All right. Uh, I think last up we have is Emily and Dari. So Emily is visiting with her friend Regina and Emily is super hungover. So she doesn't seem all that excited to be visiting and seeing Dari for the first time. Uh, But it would be the first time that she's seen him since they started dating, you know, and it's been three years. Emily claims that it's because of COVID restrictions. They don't have a contact visit. So Emily say it, says she can only wear a T-shirt and jeans for the visit. And she's not expecting to say a whole lot since Dari joked that prison phones are filthy and he wouldn't put the phone near his face. 
Regina tells us that Emily has a way to make it seem like everything is under control, but she's suspicious about Emily's lack of excitement for this visit and wonders if she's having second guesses. Emily then reminds us that Dari cheated on her, and she's still holding a grudge over that. Emily says that she is relentless and will remember that shit forever. Smoke, we get a segment with him, is talking to a friend Pipsqueak when Dari calls. Smoke tells Pipsqueak that Emily doesn't know that the, uh, him and Dari still talk, and she would actually be mad about it. Dari is calling to vent about Emily canceling her visit with him. Smoke says uh, he told you so, so it should say something that Dari's never had a visit with Emily. Dari is confused because he made her power of attorney a couple years ago, and she hasn't done anything, so he doesn't think he's getting played or anything like that. Smoke is confused how Dari is what he refers to as coochie-whipped without the coochie. Dari says that Emily will always be there for him. But will she? Smoke thinks that they are both using each other, and somewhere along the way, they found kind of questionable love, but it can't be real. Checking back in with Emily, she's refusing to tell production why she skipped her visit, and tells them that she doesn't like answering questions about her relationship, and doesn't like feeling like she's being interrogated. What show are you on? Why would you sign up to be on a show about your relationship and then say, I don't want to answer questions about my relationship. You That's... know how I feel about being interrogated. It's like, what is wrong with you? Why are you in a show where they interview you for hours? What did you think right? you were signing up for? Oh, my gosh. So Dari, meanwhile, maintains that he's going to marry this girl. All right. So let's start off with that. Why do you think Emily is on this stinking show to begin with? I, I, I can't figure it out. Like, to be on TV, like... Because they're not bringing her back. You can't just tell the producers of a show, I'm not answering your questions, and have them bring you back. You're like, right. Not gonna, you're done. Yeah. You're like, you're difficult to work with. Like, they're not. And, yes. And, like, if you're only on for, like, a season, um, this is a sharp production. Uh, we kind of know, based on 90 Day Fiance, so we assume it's similar to. Uh, uh, I think it's probably less money than 90 Day Fiance. Probably, because it's a less popular cable show. But yeah. they hardly get anything for the first season. And then after the first season, if they get brought back to, you know, like the. Uh, uh, what is it? Uh, love, not love after lockup, life after lockup. Life after lockup, yeah. sure. So if they mm-hmm. get asked for like kind of the spinoff show, that's when they start making money if we're supposed, if we were comparing them to like Happily Ever After. So it's like, but you're doing nothing that's going to make production want to work with you another season. No, no. It's just, it's, yeah, her interview segments, I like, I literally stopped and was said exactly those things. It's like, <laughs> why? Why are you on this show then? You are on like, the wrong show. I don't even know what show that would be. Probably one that doesn't have any kind of a confessional, but I think most reality shows have like a confessional maybe like, she interview. Can go, yeah, the Great British Bake Off, I guess, probably doesn't ask her many questions unless she's like, <laughs> I'm not telling you. My, it's like going on the Great British Bake Off and be like, what are you making? I'm not going to answer your questions about what I'm making. You'll see it when it's done. <laughs> You're like, why are you on this show? Yeah, I have no idea. Like, yeah, it's like, what is she getting out of? It doesn't, we've we've said from the beginning, it doesn't even really seem like she likes him all that much. It's almost like, to me, I very much get this impression, like she's lying in wait for the perfect opportunity to jump out and be like, revenge, bitch, you know? And it's just like, 
But right. that's not why she's on this show. I feel like that's just how she is. But it's like, I don't understand. She doesn't even seem like she likes this guy that much. She doesn't want to be in a relationship. She says, I'm going to I'm never going to forget the cheating as long as we're together. And it's like, then you shouldn't right. be together. Like, yeah, she doesn't even want to see him. And it's just like, I don't understand this. She flaked out on visiting him again after Smoke called her out for not visiting him. Right. So, yeah, yeah it's like, I don't understand what this woman is doing on this show. I don't know. But and I'll tell you what, that wasn't even the thing that that was the thing that confused me the most about mm-hmm. her. I was like, why? What are you even doing? But it wasn't the thing that like, made me got me the most angry with her. Right. Mm-hmm. The most angry part was at the beginning when she was talking about the cheating and she was like, and then I saw a picture of her and woof. Like, why are you <laughs> woofing at another woman? What the hell? <laughs> like that has yeah. nothing to do with with what happened from him. It had nothing to do with that. But just being like for for her of like, anybody, but like. For her to be like, oh, that that bitch was ugly. Like, I know, right? Mug. I was like, we don't need to be. Why, why are you, why are you tearing down your women like that? Especially for somebody who's supposed to be a bad bitch feminist and be like, ugh, what an ugly hoe. Like, right. That's not, that's not what it is. That's not how you're supposed to act. Well, I mean, like, not that she should have said that, but I mean, but to her credit, she's not like really giving Dari any breaks either, though. <laughs> Yeah. You know, like, you know how some people like they'll say that because they're just like defending their man, you know, like. Oh, no, no, no. It, it's definitely right. a defense mechanism of the when you are cheated on yeah. to look at the other person and be like. Yeah, I'm better I'm than that. I'm still better looking at that. Mm-hmm. I'm still better. Look, I'm better than that. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. All right. Uh, so we did not hear from Chelsea and Mikey this week. So out of the group, we did see who was your student of the week. <sighs> I, I know it's, it's always know. difficult with the show. I, 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 I went with, I, you know what, because of the people we saw. Mm-hmm. And I think I went with Melissa just because mm-hmm. she did the least bad things of everyone. Everyone else just did, sure. like I was like major, major bad thing. She was right. just like at least she started to get a hold of her delusions, maybe. Yes. No, I agree with you um, in that, you know, it's just it's. I think it's hard to see it that way really straightforward because she does have a lot of like nervous energy, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's always just like, oh, my gosh, quit talking. Uh, You know, maybe she should give some of her chattiness to Emily. But um, I was deciding between Melissa and I actually gave mine to Justine. So the reason why I gave it to Justine specifically, even though like her argument toward the end was like definitely flimsy, uh, was the fact that she said she's like, I'm going to tell Michael this, even though I'm scared Mm -hmm. of him being mad. But I don't want our marriage to be based on bullshit and lies. And I was like, yes, Mm -hmm. that's good. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Yep. What about your dunce? Uh, my dunce was Emily. Just yeah. like, like for those two things. How are you going to be on a reality show and be mm-hmm. like, I'm not going to talk about my feelings. I'm not going to talk about what I did or why I did anything. <laughs> it's like, what's it's like you're you're breaking the you're violating the premise of the entire show. Get out of here. Right. Right. Um, I went with Ty. Uh, it was just like. Maybe not anything that we specifically saw in this episode, but if your daughter is behaving and saying the things that she's saying to you, it's like, wow, you have this is parent fail right here. Oh, it's that's a whole other letter lover because mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, there's parent doing good and mm-hmm. your your kids will be fine. And there's parents doing 
kind of bullshit things where they go and talk to each other about what you're doing, but they don't like. Conf- but when you get to the point where you're doing it so bad that the, the kids are like openly confronting you about what you're doing wrong, <laughs> right. you've yeah. reached very, very level, very high levels of fail. Yeah, yeah, definitely. All right. Uh, what about your life lesson? Well, it goes right into that. I was like, mm-hmm. for, for both Jessica and and Ty, it's like, yeah. It's not fun to do and it kind of, you know, puts a hamper on on all the adult things. But at the end of the day, when you're an adult with kids, you still have to put that prioritize them over any like adult relationship or other mm-hmm. relationship that you're trying to find. Yeah. And neither of those people are doing that. They're both like, what do I want? I get what I want. And then we'll see if you fit into that. Like, yeah. And that's that that's a. I mean, it's just alienating. It's harmful to the kids. It makes them feel worthless. Mm-hmm. Like, and so it's just, that's that you can't do that as a parent. Right. Right. Yeah, it's difficult. Um, okay, so my life lesson actually was intended for Mike of Mike and Justine, but it actually could apply to probably a couple other people too. Uh, but if you're unwilling to answer questions about something, you can't be surprised when they try to find answers alternative ways. You know, That's true. like mm-hmm. Michael was like, How could you question my integrity? Well, if you just answered straightforward like they've been trying to the last couple episodes, maybe they wouldn't have to not even necessarily go behind your back because you know they told you what they did but like you know go and try seek out the answers in alternate way since you're not helping them out right it's just i feel like some people have a big problem in differentiating between what is a reasonable and what is an unreasonable question oh yeah sure where did you buy this car like even when I buy cars, it has nothing to do with anybody else. That's just a curiosity question. Right. Oh, where did you buy it? And I was like, oh, it was actually the dealership on the blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Not like mind your business. It's like, okay. Well, that's not none of your business. Like, like okay. Like, yeah. Yeah. All right. So, uh, Season finale next week. Okay, it is. All yes. right. Yes. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, so I, I feel like we are because we've lost a couple episodes or, or, I mean, couple couples already. Ty and Hottie are done. Mark and Cincere are done. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Justine and Michael, not that they're done, done, but, you know. Well, they'll be back. Yes, yes. Yeah. So, yeah, we're starting to wrap things up here. So, yeah, we'll look forward to next week and we'll be back next mm-hmm. week to cover the season finale. All right. See everybody then. Okay. Until then. Bye. Bye.